Hello and welcome to the T2 Podcast, administered by Red On Sports Organization. Today we've got an amazing show for you. Let's see what we're going to call it. Uh, I got it. The Bubble Brief. We're only days away from the arrival, or should I say, re-arrival of the National Basketball Association. And today we're going to hit you with who we think are the top 10 players in the NBA, our brief of every NBA team going into Orlando, and our prediction for the playoffs. Also, we're going to discuss what players are going to benefit or be hurt most by a bubble in a game I invented called High or Low. Finally, we're going to give you guys our awards predictions. Let's get going. Um, I'm Sean, alongside Sam. Um, and let's first talk about um, how the players are doing in Orlando and really the psychological impact that you know the bubble has on players. Would we see the beef between Kendrick Perkins and Lou Williams? And players like Rashawn Holmes getting in trouble for leaving the bubble simply to get a DoorDash delivery. Sam, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Sean, it was pretty funny when I saw um, the beef between Kendrick Perkins and Lou Williams. Because Lou Williams isn't really a, a player known to get in trouble around the league. But the second he does one bad thing, someone has to come at him. Mm-hmm. Well, we know Kendrick Perkins likes to get, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Perkins likes to get knee-deep in uh, all the scandals in the league and all the controversy. Yeah. And what about Rashawn Holmes? What do you think about that? I think I think it, for me it was just a mistake that he made. I don't think he had any clear-cut intentions with that. I just think he wanted his door dash. But, um, you know, that's, that kind of affected uh, you know, like affect the Kings' season. Just, you know, because he's, he's probably their starting center for the uh, beginning of the return of the uh, games. I would say, well, with the bubble, they're basically trapped. And it's kind of like AAU basketball, but, like, they're not really allowed to go out too mm-hmm. much. But they have, like, they have the area that they're confined to. And it's not like they can't really do anything in the bubble because it's in Orlando. And they're allowed to go on all these rides for free. They're getting paid to go <laughs> on these rides, basically. But, um, you know... I think one other thing we should definitely talk about here is how players are broadcasting life in the bubble. Players like Matisse Thybul, uh, JaVale McGee, Troy Daniels, even Ben Simmons, I saw that on my recommended on YouTube. All of them are getting in on the uh, YouTube action. They're vlogging their experiences. I'm, I'm sure um, you've watched some of them, but I definitely enjoy Matisse Thybul's uh, vlogs. He, you know, he's really talented and um, not just on the court, but you know, making videos. But it's really interesting to see how life is there. And how really, you know, besides, you know, being away from your family for months at a time, which obviously really hurts, it looks like a pretty fun experience, especially since you're being paid millions of dollars to play what you love. And, you know, with all of your teammates, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, because um, I was watching JaVale McGee's vlogs and, oh boy, it was funny because when you look at it, like the food that they're getting doesn't look too good. But they're looking like they're having fun in the mm-hmm. bubble, though, which is pretty much all that matters. Yeah. You know, I'm all in all, I'm just really excited. I'm hoping the players, you know, they stick around. I'm sure I know players like Warren Hayward, they're planning on leaving the bubble midway through the uh, playoff because he's, uh, you know, having a child, having a kid in September. But, you know, I'm just really excited to see how this plays out and if any other players get whacked because this, this is going to be a fun experience. Um, but, you know, with that, let's get into, um, you know, who we think are going to be the best players in the bubble, who are the top 10 players left in the uh, bubble experience are going to be. So, 
what we're gonna do is we're gonna go with our top ten players in the league. I think we're gonna I'm gonna go with players when they're healthy. So this includes players that you know aren't in the bubble currently, but in my opinion, the top ten players in the league. And but most of these guys are gonna be in Orlando, so we'll see how they play. So for me, my favorite, I think the best player in the league right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's you know he doesn't have the most skill in the league. But I think, you know, he has a track record. He's, he has a very good chance of being a back-to-back MVP. And he averaged 30, 13, and, um, you know, almost six assists per game. And, you know, especially since he's the Defensive Player of the Year favorite, you know, it's really hard to argue how, you know, and how many players are ahead of him. Second, I got Kawhi Leonard. You know, he was the two-time Finals MVP, led the Raptors basically from being a perennial second-round uh, defeat. So being an NBA champion, defeating the Golden State Warriors, something that only LeBron James could do. So, you know, I think it's really interesting how, you know, his time in uh, Los Angeles is going to go. Because he has led the Clippers to a three seed in the Western Conference. But I think for me, I think they're my favorite to make it to the finals. I just think they're so deep and so full. And Kawhi Leonard's really leading them. He's having a great year. Um, even though he struggled in the scrimmage games, he's, you know, he's still putting together, you know, really nice basketball this season. So we'll see if he can return to form once the um, playing games begin. Third, I have a player who didn't play this season. Mm-hmm. I have Kevin Durant. Um, you know, in 2018-2019, averaged 27-7-4. Um, statistically, he did take a step back the last few years simply because he was playing with Klay Thompson, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green, and even for your DeMarcus Cousins. So, yeah, obviously, you know, the stats aren't going to show his, you know, dominance in the league. But I, in my opinion, I think he's a top-five scorer in basketball history. And, you know, he's just so talented and so gifted. I think you you can't argue. I think if he was healthy, I think he'd be the best player in the league. But I think the the torn Achilles is really going to hurt him the rest of his career. So he's really going to rely on his shooting. I think he's going to lose a, whatever athleticism he had left. Fourth, I have LeBron James. Even though you know at age 35 he's still putting up spectacular numbers, 25, um, eight and 10, which is you know spectacular. I just think you know that um you know he's not the, he does he can't really shoot that well, and you know he doesn't have what. Kevin Durant has or Kawhi Leonard and he hasn't won and he isn't you know the, the reigning MVP or the you know MVP favorite this year that Giannis has over him so I think he's comparable to Giannis the most just because he they have similar skill sets but Giannis has the um you know the as ahead of him simply because of his defensive abilities and his um MVP favoritism fifth I have a guy who absolutely burst onto the scene this year Luka Doncic he went from rookie of the year and now he's averaging 28.7 nine and eight very close to triple double numbers and you know i think I, in my opinion i think he's the most skilled player in the league i think he just has the skill set that we're seeing from russell westbrook but he can shoot i think his ceiling you know i don't think he has a ceiling i think he's so talented and i think he's gonna be an mvp um you know consistently throughout the rest of his career sixth i have james harden you know he's averaging 34.4 six and seven which is you know video game numbers i looked at what my, my career player in 2k is doing but, you know, I just think um, he's, you know, he doesn't really have that defensive skill set that puts him ahead of anyone else. And he, his shooting metrics aren't that great. You know, he's not shooting the ball that well, you know, um, at a high uh, percentage. So that definitely kills him. I think he's kind of showing ball hog type things that we saw in Russell Westbrook back in OKC. But I think he's still very skilled. And I think he's very athletic. I just think he needs to show that he can distribute the ball more and become more of a teammate rather than, you know, uh, stat guy. Uh, seventh, I have Anthony Davis. I think, in my opinion, besides Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think AD is the defensive player of the year. But this year, he's averaging 20, almost 27, 9.4, and 3.1. So he's putting together really good numbers. 
I don't think you could argue that he's the best big man in the league. Um, and then with LeBron James, man, he's, you know, averaging more points per game than LeBron. And in my opinion, I think he, um, you know, he's going to be the main reason if the Lakers either make it to the uh, make it to the finals or not. Because, you know, he hasn't had that much of a track record of winning during his career. Especially since he was stuck in New Orleans. But I think he definitely could take that leap this year. And if they can win the finals this year, I don't think you could uh, keep him out of the top five in the league if he makes a significant impact. Eighth, I have Steph Curry. This year, he didn't play that much because he had a broken hand, but he averaged 20.8, 5.2, and 6.6. And even though he definitely had an off, off year this year, especially since Clay was hurt and he was out with Kevin Durant, he was kind of the only man when he was playing. So, you know, I think he definitely had a down year, but you can't argue the fact that he's the best shooter in basketball history, and that definitely is um, deserving of top eight. Uh, number nine, I have my last two guys are, in my opinion, kind of controversial, but I think for me, they're pretty clear cut. Uh, ninth, I have Carl Anthony Towns. Um, in my opinion, I think he's the best true center in the league. I think Anthony Davis is the power forward or center. But Carl Anthony Towns is the best true center in the league. I think he's the best shooting center in the league. And I think he's just, you know, way above his uh, time. And he's super skilled. And he's the prototypical, you know, 2020 center where, you know, they can shoot the ball. They can do everything. And number 10, um, I tried to keep my biases out. But number 10, I got Jason Tatum. You know, from January 1st, you know, past the All-Star break. He, in my opinion, he was the best basketball player in the entire world. You know, he was averaging over 30 a game in February. And before the, you know, the season ended, he was just unstoppable. He was uh, going up against LeBron James and he was um, outplaying LeBron even. And he almost he almost beat the Lakers when they had AD and LeBron on the road without Kemba. I think he definitely solidified himself as, you know, definitely bouncing back from his sophomore slump. And I think he's definitely a top 10 player in the league if he can continue what he did uh, at the, before the season ended right here in the playoffs. So, what's your list? Well, I would say our lists are, they're not too <laughs> similar, but I would say around the top seven, it's pretty similar, just switching things around. Number one, I have LeBron. What he does is pretty obvious. This year, he changed up his game from being the leading scorer to being the main facilitator on his team, averaging 26, 8, and 11, basically, leading the Lakers to the best record in the Western Conference as of right now. Um, number two, I have Kawhi Leonard. Because of what he does on both sides of the ball, um, he can score. You can score on your best defender and guard your best offensive player. Number three, I have Kevin Durant. Despite his injury, I think he'll come back fine and still produce because he'll have Kyrie on the court with him. He can still score from almost anywhere on the court, although he was out this season. Next year, I see the Nets as a the second like runner-up for the title. Number four, I have Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. I would say he's also the best point guard in the league as of right now, in my opinion. That might be a little bit biased, <laughs> though, being a Warriors fan. Um, number five, I have Giannis. That's also very controversial. I should have switched him to <laughs> But I would say they're both fighting for that number four or five spot in between because of how Giannis is on the verge of a back-to-back MVP season, averaging 30, 14, and 6, which is very rare from a power forward 
small forward, big man type player. Number six, I have Anthony Davis. As you said, if the Lakers make it to the finals, it would be all on this man because of how the Lakers use him, especially in the yeah. post, averaging 20 and nine and three. Um, number seven, I have James Harden. He really does put up video <laughs> game type numbers. I remember at the beginning of the season, he was averaging like 40 for like the first 10 games. And it was just wild. But now he's averaging a cool 34, which is pretty low yeah. for him right now. He was last year at like 37 points per game, along with seven assists. Although he likes to play a lot of ISO ball, but way less than last season, which what the Rockets used with Chris Paul. Um, number eight. This is also pretty controversial. I had Joel Embiid. I would say he is him and Nikola Jokic who I have tied for that number eight spot are fighting to be the best big men in the league because MB, well, best center. Yeah. Because he can do it all on both ends. He's not the best playmaker, but in the post, he's nearly unstoppable, a phenomenal rebounder, a great shot blocker. And when healthy, because he has a lot of injury concerns. And Nikola Jokic, who is one of the best shooting big men in the league, averaging 20, 10, and 7. These are looking kind of like Russell Westbrook numbers. And, like, he can space the floor, play in the post. And the only reason why I wouldn't give him the edge over Embiid is because of his defense. And at number 10, this is pretty low, but Afrika Doncic. Um, Luka Doncic averaged about 29 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Phenomenal season. But another knock I have on him too is his defense and how he hasn't really proved anything in the playoffs yet. So after the playoffs, I might put him up a little bit higher. But for now, this is where I have him. That's a pretty good list, but um, I think we need to talk about that Luka thing. I think he's I mean, I think he was a, he played like a top three player in the league during when he was playing. I mean, he dominated on the court, you know, both sides of the ball, did everything well. I mean, he didn't really have any main faults when he was playing. I mean, you could argue Giannis' free throw shooting. You could argue Kawhi's, you know, enthusiasm on the court. You can argue Kevin Durant's athleticism. You could argue LeBron's shooting. You could argue, you know, you could argue James Harden's everything, but you can't really say anything. Luka Doncic does this really bad. He does everything really well. And, you know, he kind of has that similar, you know, play style. It's almost like a James Harden, but he's more willing to move the ball and become a better teammate. And he makes players like Kristaps Porzingis and Seth Curry. You know, he made Seth Curry have a breakout year, made him from, you know, just a shooter to, a you know, probably a star in the league. But I think Luka is a top five player. I think he should be, you know, third in MVP voting behind Giannis and LeBron. And I just think he's, you know one of the most talented players I've seen, you know, just based on his first two years in the league. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But um, the one knock I have on him is his, um, well, he is a second-year player, which is kind of wild that a second-year player is putting up numbers like this. And he is 
I will agree with you. He is the most skilled player in the league by far without having to use his athleticism. Yeah, I mean, and then I got one more thing. Uh, there's no way that Joel Embiid uh, better than Nikola Jokic. Embiid just, I think he has the opportunity to play at Nikola Jokic's level, but I think, am I adding the best center league is Carl Anthony Towns just because I think he's not getting the recognition he deserves simply because he's on a Timberwolves team with absolutely no talent around him. I mean, his second best player is D'Angelo Russell, who's, you know, had, had, I'm sure you're a Warriors fan, you know, he did not play good basketball this year. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns really was, has been carrying this franchise since he came, and, you know, he's only made the playoffs once, and that was simply because Jimmy Butler came along, and he finally had a good second second guy, and he's played his entire career with Andrew Wiggins as, second, as the second-best player on the team. And yeah, Wiggins is a good scorer, but he hasn't played the ball well the entire way, and Carl Anthony Towns was the main guy defensively, as well as the first option offensively. So I think Carl Anthony Towns is definitely super underrated in the league, and I think he's just the best center in the league. I don't think you can argue with the fact that his numbers, he averages more points per game than Embiid and Jokic. He averages more rebounds than Jokic, and he averages more assists than Embiid. So he's kind of, they all balance out, and he, you know, he's, I think he's a better shot blocker than both of them. So I definitely think Embiid and Jokic are two and three for me. I think Jokic is second, Embiid's third. But I just think Carl Anthony Towns has really proved himself to be the best center in the league just off the last five years of his career. But, um, so yeah, those are our top 10 players in the league. So, uh, let's go on to our next topic, which are our briefs of teams in each conference. I got the Eastern Conference. I took that control. And, uh, Sam's got the West. So, Sam, take it away with the Western Conference. All right, so I'll be starting off with the best team in the West, the Lakers. They had one of the best offenses in the league, standing at fourth in offensive rating, with a rating of 112.6. And this team is... I wouldn't say very versatile, but they're pretty versatile with their wings that they have, such as Avery Bradley and Danny Green, and bringing in um, Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith, who are pretty good scorers, solid defenders. Um, they have the best player of all time in LeBron James, Ooh. which is also a very controversial topic. But I'm going to leave it at that. They also have the best big man in the league. That I can agree with. In Anthony Davis. Well, second best big man in the league in Anthony <laughs> Davis, right behind Bryce. They're also a pretty good defensive team. I, they're ranked third in defense. Going into the bubble, they'll um they'll have some struggles because they're losing one of their best defenders in Avery Bradley, who is very underrated on the defense. Well, not defensive side of the ball, but just underrated in For general. Sure. He's a- how he will go. Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't say he's a Pat Bev, but he will guard your best, your best guard, and he can slow them down to the, to the least. He'll slow them. I, down. Yeah, I remember when he was on the Celtics. He was one of my favorite players in the team. He was he was a stud, but um, I definitely miss him. But yeah, the guys, the Lakers are gonna miss him, especially since they don't have a lot of depth out there. Their bench is definitely not at the same level as you know the Nuggets or the Clippers, but obviously I think they have the best starting lineup in the league. Yeah. Um. The, they're one of the best teams in the league and in the interview I had with Richard Jefferson asking him about the difference like what would be better depth or star power and he said a mixture of both the first team you think of with depth and star power is the Los Angeles Clippers this team has that duo in Kawhi and Paul George and on top of that they have Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams Montrez Harrell 
they have the best bench in the league, along with the best, I would say the best defensive on paper, not stats-wise, because you could really create an all-defensive first team with this <laughs> roster. And, like, it's just wild. And they're two of their top four players are coming off the bench for them in Lou Will and Montrez Harrell with that nice pick and roll that they have, which is almost unstoppable. Oh, yeah. I think the one thing... Statistically, there was not... I'll continue. Yeah, okay. you're good. Um, I just think the one thing that those couple I was really looking forward to this season, I was hoping for... Um, I was hoping for Landry Shaman to make more of a leap to be more than uh, just a, you know, a shooter, to be more than a number three guy in the team in the starting lineup, but unfortunately, he didn't. So I think, you know... They got. They have the depth. Obviously, I mean, they're the deepest team in the league. But I think they need to find who their number three is on their, you know, for, on their front team on their starting lineup because they got the bench. Lou Williams and Patrick Harrell going to take control uh, against any team, second team. But I think they need to find that number three on the starting lineup, and that's going to be their biggest thing if they want to set themselves apart from the Bucks or the Lakers. Yeah, because Landry Shamit. I know the 76ers are missing him right now because they have no shooters. Well, they're missing a lot of shooters from, like, last mm-hmm. year. And I same with you. I would have thought that he would have had, not a breakout year, but, like, a year that he would have more of a, a bigger role and got some more play time, some touches, and left that just shooter role and became more of, like, a score that could help out Kawhi. Yeah. Well. All right. Next up. Um, number three, the Nuggets. At the beginning of the year, I would, I would tell you right now, I didn't believe they'd be a top four team in the West, unless Michael Porter Jr. had done what he did, and he did. He had a pretty good, solid year. Um, they're also very versatile with wings and forwards. With Avery, I said Avery Bradley. Um, you have Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, Will Barton. They have a plethora of players on that team. Um, what's his name? I think Tory Craig is still on that roster, who's a solid two-way player. Um, yeah, they're also another very deep team that can enter, like, they can interchange their starting lineup, like what they did in the first scrimmage game, where they had Jokic at the one, Jeremy Grant, Bobol, and it was just weird, but it worked. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, do you think they're gonna? And do, I, the do you number, think they're gonna employ that big team, the big man team, in, a, in an actual game? Or it depends because at their standing right now, they'd be facing the Rockets, and that roster right there is the Rockets' nightmare. Mike D'Antoni would be scared out of. He would be having nightmares about this roster. Imagine having having Russell Westbrook have to guard. Nikola Jokic in the post. <laughs> or have, uh, you know, PJ Tucker on Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy basket every yeah. time. All right, see so you have next. At the number four, I have Jazz. They made it high in the power rankings this year, surprisingly. Despite their um, the disappointing season from Mike Conley, who I would have thought would have had a way better year than he did. But Donovan Mitchell is continuing to do what he does best, scoring. And he's starting to live up to, well, not the comparison, but 
people compare him to D Wade, and I can kind of see that comparison making it up there. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think they have what it takes to get past a second the second round because of teams like the Clippers, Lakers, even the Nuggets at this point. I don't think they have what it takes to get past that Nuggets team, even with Rudy Gobert having to guard Nikola Jokic because of how good on the officers end that Nikola Jokic is. And all their chemistry got destroyed after, you know, the Rudy Gobert incident. Yeah. All right, so you have number five. Uh, at number five, I have the Thunder. This team shocked everyone. I did not believe... After that trade, I thought they were going into a full rebuild mode. I didn't believe Chris Paul had it in him to take this team all the way to the playoffs. And Shea had a nice a nice breakout year, along with Dennis Schroeder, who surprisingly developed a nice jump shot. And they've already clinched a playoff spot while being... At the beginning of the year, ESPN had them at a 0%, 0.2% percent chance of not of making the playoffs wow which was really surprising yep so the chris paul chris yeah. paul doesn't age <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh his this oh yeah i think he's definitely sort of inspired himself as one of the best point guards of all time this season but you know we from guys like shy Delchus, alexander really definitely set them apart yeah all right so you have next number six the rockets this team is interesting, but like on the standings, like before I get into depth with the Rockets, the only team that really stands out is the Lakers and they're only ahead by five games. Besides that, the second seed to the seventh seed are all within a four game wow. stretch, which is really interesting to see how compact the West is. But yeah, number six, I have the Houston Rockets. We all know they have their little small ball thing going at this point. How they have Russell Westbrook. Their tallest player on the court for them is 6'7". Yeah, that's gonna... And... I mean, that helps against normal rosters. Yeah. I don't know how much it's gonna work against guys like, you know, like we said, the Nuggets big man lineup. Yeah, because... James Harden is a phenomenal scorer. And Russell Westbrook being on the Rockets, this is his dream because... He has an open paint that he can drive in and get and score at any point in time that he wants. But personally, I don't believe this team has what it takes to get past. I feel if they match up against the Jazz this year, I don't think they'll make it past them because of their height. If they still had Clint Capella, I would say, okay, they'll beat the Jazz this year. But I don't see them making it past the, the Jazz or even if the Nuggets, if they have to match up against them this year. All right, so um, number seven. The Dallas Mavericks. This team is, it's really interesting. It's like a young Spurs team, how they have, it's not a bunch of great players, but it's Luka, Porzingis, and a bunch of good players, such as Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., those are all complimentary pieces for both of them. Because mm-hmm. everyone on that court in their starting lineup can stretch out the floor for Luka and Porzingis. 
And I think they should be fine. I don't I don't see it in them to make a championship run. Mm-hmm. But this will be a year for them to gain experience and come back next year. And then they'll be a contender. Alright, and I think we have the big question here. Who will get the eighth seed in the Western Conference between the Kings, Suns, uh, Trailblazers, um, you know, Pelicans, and the Grizzlies? That's tough. I would have to give... I'm going to give it up to the Grizzlies. And, uh... Because of... No, huh? yeah, tell me. Okay. Because... The Grizzlies are already four games ahead of the Pelicans, three games ahead of the Trailblazers. And they're already on a nice little roll. They have... And the thing no one really realizes about their team is how, like, they're not very deep, but they have great pieces around Josh and Jaron Jackson Jr. And Josh Jackson, the former top four pick in, like, 2017 or 2018, and people were calling him a bust, but he's starting to show some signs of what he should have been in 2017, 2018. Um, Dylan Brooks is another solid player for this team. A nice two-way player. A, the steal of the draft that they got, um, Brandon Clark. Very solid yeah. for him. And Jonas Valanciunas. And I can see them, unless they make some serious mistakes in the in the next few games, I don't see them falling out of this playoff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. You know, I'm sure you know most fans would love to see that in the playoffs. But John Morant, you know, facing off against LeBron is just as good. So uh, let me uh, hit you with my Eastern Conference predictions, which is going to be. I think the playing games are going to be less important for the East. I think it's just going to be, you know, filling off some holes between the two and three seed, the, the four seed, and between the five and six seed because just the Eastern Conference only has nine teams going in and, you know, the bottom two teams, well, are missing all their star players. So it's not going to be a lot of competition there. So um, for, me, for me, the one seed <clears throat> are the Bucks. The Bucks are statistically the best team in the league, both record-wise and efficiency-wise. Milwaukee dominated on the defensive side of the ball, having the best defensive rating in the league with 101.6. No one else was close. Best, second best was 104.9. With the league MVP and one of the best steps in the league, this really, I mean, this is the year that Milwaukee can make that jump from the top of the Eastern Conference and maybe even the finals. I mean, the Western Conference has, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, maybe even the Nuggets, but the Bucks have Giannis. And if Giannis can play you know, in his regular season form, and he could bounce back from a playoffs last year, which was kind of underwhelming for them. I don't think there's, a, I think it's going to be very tough to stop them, especially since they had one of the best regular seasons in recent history. So I think they're definitely a team to watch to make a surprising finals run, even if they had the best record in the league. And second seed, I have the Boston Celtics. I know the Raptors are in the second seed currently, but I think the Celtics will overtake them, simply because few will argue the Celtics shattered expectations this season. Jason Tatum took the leap from really a role player who averaged, you know, less than 20 to MVP-level play. You know, he garnered MVP votes in the uh, ladder rankings before the season stopped. His February, in which he averaged over 30 points per game, will likely set a tone for the bubble. Kemba Walker took a step back, but is still a top five point guard league thanks to his impact on teammates. He didn't have to score 30 a night for the team to have a chance to win, but he will be able to make a better impact if he can pass the ball really well and score when he needs to. Jalen Brown played great. He definitely even took a bigger leap than Jason Tatum. You know, everyone was calling him a bust, but now, you know, he's a star. He almost got an, he almost got an all-star nod this year. And Gordon Hayward flourished as a scorer. He didn't have to be the leading scorer on a team. He just had to be a, you know, a, a scorer when they needed to. That's kind of what his main role is now. 
Um, don't be surprised what? to see his team at the top of the conference. What's up? Oh, I was saying that Gordon Hayward's comeback, he's playing just like he was in, on the Jazz like three years ago. And it's like, this team could really go far. Yeah. As long as he doesn't take off from the bubble during the playoffs. This team's a finals contender. I don't think you'd argue that. Their bench is... That's the only shakiest part. I think they, in my opinion, I think they have the second best starting uh, lineup in the league, one to five. And their center depth is a little questionable. They have guys like Daniel Tice. He played well during the season, but the question is, can he facilitate the role defensively that he did offensively? And that's what's gonna be the biggest thing if they want to stop guys like Giannis. Um, third, I have the Raptors. No Kawhi, no problem for the Raps. Even though they lost two of their stars in free agency, starters in free agency, with Kawhi and Danny Green, Pascal Siakam took another huge leap to be a bona fide star. He averaged 23.6 a game, along with 7.5 boards. Kyle Lowry continued his consistent all-star production, as we expected. And even though some may say Fred Van Vliet could have played a little better, the Raptors uh, have a hold on the third seed and are set for playoff uh, contention. They can even hold on to the second seed, which would be a huge difference. Second second seed and third seed can be a huge, uh, can be big once uh, the playoffs come because, you know, third seed might play the Sixers who, you know, are either super on or super off. Or they could play, if they get the second seed, they could play the, you know, Nets who their best player is Carousel first. So the second seed is going to be a huge battle between those the Heat, the Celtics, and the Raptors. Fourth, I have Miami. The Heat surprised everyone this season. I think they were definitely a playoff team, but definitely in the bottom three. Rookies Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn are both Rookie of the Year vote-getters, one of which are probably going to be a finalist. And Jimmy Butler leads a very young team to aspirations of playoff success. This might be the, not, might be the year, but Miami's here to stay. They can definitely be final contenders in the next five years. I think for sure they'll be in the running once, you know, if Giannis leaves to go on free agency next year and LeBron gets over, you know, his... uh. Not being able to age hump. <laughs> um, <laughs> fifth for me, I have Philadelphia. Um, currently, they're the sixth seed. And this year, I think you can compare it to what the Celtics were last year. Everything that could have went wrong for the Sixers went wrong. Injuries, frustration, lack of production, and overall disappointment was a storyline for the season. Philly played dismally on the road all year, having a losing record away from uh, Philly. And they may be dead in the water after wasting the season away thanks to the struggles of Al Horford. And really no offense will be from Ben Simmons. And yes, he did hit a three-pointer this year. He had multiple three-pointers and one even in the scrimmages. But, you know, we have to see that consistent ability to score in more ways than just driving the ball. Especially if you want these going to be matched up with guys like Giannis or Pascal Siakam. He's moving to four now. I heard that. Huh? What's up? Oh, I was saying that. I heard that he's talking to a psychological coach so that he can start taking more threes in games. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw that post on, I think it was either Bleacher Report or The Score. Oh, it's super interesting. Um, I mean, you know, now that he's playing power forward, he has less of a need to, to shoot the ball, but I think that would definitely, you know, make Philly a finals contender if he can uh, become a three-level scorer. But, um, you know, yeah. Philly can move up to the five seed here and they'll likely play Miami. And, heck, I think they could, you know, make, make it to the second round. What they'll do past then against Milwaukee, who knows. But, you know, they have a tough road ahead of them if they want to play as their expectations were supposed to be. Six seed, I have Indiana. The Pacers, unlike the top four, are not in a great place. Uh, top five, I should say. Victor Oladipo is out of the bubble. You know, some people say he might play, might not play. Nobody knows right now. And even though, you know, Demetrius Bonus isn't playing either, they really don't have a number one for a playoff contending team. 
if India can see maybe Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, and others take a sudden leap, they're probably destined for a first-round exit. I think there's anyone arguing that. Um, yeah. Seventh, I have Orlando. Even though they're the, they're the eighth seed right now, they're only half game back of Brooklyn. But the Magic, um, playing basically at home and with no injuries, you know, major injuries, they have a chance to rise to maybe even the sixth seed, but very likely the seventh seed. Uh, the Magic are no are not are have no really are not really playoff contenders. You know, they aren't really much of a worried of winning the championship, but they have a chance to rise. You know and solidify themselves as a solid seed with good bubble play. Jonathan Isaac is their biggest what-if. They can, If he can play well, the Magic will play well. Um, and then finally, I have Brooklyn. You know, they're playing They're playing against Washington to make a playoff spot. And Brooklyn doesn't have much to say for themselves, star power-wise. Kat Hyrie, Katie, Spencer, Dinwiddie, they're all not playing. Their best scorer is Karis LeVert leading this team, and they're at a risk of possibly missing the playoffs, but with, a team, with the Wizards being without Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, and John Wall, it's going to be looking to be a, uh, a pretty slow race for that eight seed. I don't see that being very interesting. Yeah, uh, I think the West will be definitely uh, more exciting than the East. But um, now that we did that, let's uh, let's talk about a game that I invented very creatively called High or Low. In this section, we'll talk about a player and whether or not we'll be wherever high, we're high on them making an impact or low on them having an impact. These guys aren't going to be the number one scorers or leaders on their team, but these guys will be that make the difference come playoff time. All right, so Sam, first guy, Jonathan Isaac. We just talked about him. Are you high on him or are you low on him? I say high. All right. Uh, He's a... Yeah, hi. All right, yeah, I'm high on him as well. I think he's a you know one of the best, uh, un- most underrated two-way players in the league. I mean, he could defend the ball like no one else, and you know if he can get some scoring, he could be a really, he can become a star. But um, yeah, I think he just has to make a leap because I think he's the most talented player on that Magic team. It just comes to a question whether he can become the main scorer. Next up, Paul George. I say hi. Yeah, I'm high on him as well. I mean, you know, he, you know, definitely struggled this year. He uh. Battled injuries, uh, learned to play with Kawhi Leonard. But if the players playoffs come, you know, I think he just wants it a lot. I think he wants to become a champion, and this is his opportunity. I don't think, you know, alongside Kawhi Leonard, one of the most successful players in the league already, I, I think he's, you know, this is an opportunity to win a championship, and he's going to play hungry. Next up, one of my favorite players in the league, Jason Tatum. Oh, yeah, I'm going high on Jason Tatum too. He had a nice breakout year, and the year that Kyrie was out, that LeBron was alone, that was 2018. He and Jalen Brown had a phenomenal playoff run, and I can see him reawakening that this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, that, that was exactly my point. You know, We saw flashes of what he could have been all in his rookie season, and now that him, Jalen Brown, and a point guard that he, you know, Celtic fans actually like are playing, you know, this season's exciting. I think they can make a run for the championship. They can play well. And Jason Tam is going to be the biggest, you know, he's going to be the, he was the leading scorer this season. He's going to be the leader if they want to do that. Next up, Joel Embiid. I say hi on Joel Embiid because I only say this because of his injury concerns. And you give a guy like Joel Embiid, who's constantly battling injuries throughout the season, mm-hmm. a good four or five months of rest because he was out of injury towards the end of the season. So that four to five months of rest is really going to help him out. And I can see him having a great playoff run this year. I'm low on him. Um, 
you know, I think the thumb injury definitely threw him off a lot this season. Um, and he did have some spats with Ben Simmons. He didn't play like he did the last few years. I mean, he's still top three center in the league, but he didn't really prove himself to stand out uh, in the Eastern Conference. And the Sixers are kind of just there when they should have been, you know, in finals contenders. So I'm kind of low on him. I think he'll still make an impact, and he'll be the reason why they'll play well if they do play well, but I don't think they will. Next up, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Ooh. I say hi on him, too. Because of him working with Luka Doncic, I would say this is a very hot take, but it's a nice, subtle comparison of Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis being like LeBron and AD. I, I, I mean, Luka Doncic is more skilled, but, you know, LeBron's a better overall player. But yeah, I can definitely say Kristaps and uh, AD are similar players. I think AD is a little more athletic, but they're definitely at draw comparisons. I'm low on Kristaps Porzingis. No hate to him. I think he's a great player. But he's still coming back from the ACL injury. He's still, you know, not 100% himself. And this is the first time we've seen him in the playoffs. You know, he was in the Knicks. They weren't exactly knocking down doors to stand out. So we've never seen Chris Stapps in the playoffs. So we really got to see how he does if I want to really change my opinion. I think he can make an impact. I think if the Mavericks somehow take out the Nuggets, which isn't out of question... Then, you know, my opinion will change. But definitely, I'm low on him for now, but just a little low. I just got to see how he does in the playoffs because he doesn't have any experience. And finally, we were initially going to do Dementos a bonus when I uh, wrote out the uh, script. But things changed. He's not going to be playing in the bubble, so I'm going to switch it up to a different Pacers player who could be playing, couldn't be playing. Who knows? Victor Oladipo. Mm. Victor Oladipo. I would... After the four-month break, and how he already needed to get back into playing time, I would say I'm low on Oladipo because of how he played on the, his way back from the injury. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that perfectly. You know, he didn't... He uh, disappointed everyone after he was an All-Star in uh, 2018, and last year he didn't play well. Neither did he this year, so I think he needs to stand out some more next year, and... If I were Oladipo, I'd sit out this playoffs. You know, Indiana's not going anywhere. They're not really going to have a shot contending for a finals run. But if they, he can sit out, you know, get back to his uh, form when he's an all-star, and then they can come back next year, maybe add a couple guys in free agency, make some good draft picks, they can become, you know, better, a higher team in the East. But I think, you know, they're in that range between contending and just being there. And I think if he's not going to make that impact, whether he plays or not. All right, next up, we have our final uh, playoff predictions. Let's just go through it really quickly. We don't have to do any real analysis. We did that for the teams already. I'll do my Eastern Conference predictions. First round, Bucks versus Nets. Bucks and four. Simple as that. And it's not question, any question for me. Um, Nets aren't Bucks going anywhere. Yeah. Net, every, people might say, oh, they might take a game. I take a game. They could, but they're not doing anything. Bucks and four. Celtics Magic, Celtics gonna be the two seed, Magic second seed, uh, seventh seed. Uh, Magic actually beat the Celtics in the regular season. Magic uh, face off matchup well against the Celtics, but Boston is just a monster. <laughs> and I don't think, you know, they're gonna be a first round upset. Celtics in five, maybe six. Uh, three seeded Raptors against the six seeded Pacers. Um, Victor Oladipo, if he can play well, maybe can take a couple games for the Pacers, but if not, it's probably the same fate they had last year without Old Depot when they played the Celtics. Raptors in five, maybe even a sweep. Sixers versus Heat, four versus five. This is going to be the best first round series. 
in the Eastern Conference, no doubt about it. Um, Sixers are going to fight the Heat hard. Uh, grit. They're going to play great. They're going to play hard. They're going to play desperate. But Heat in seven. Um, I definitely would like to see the Heat move on so I could see more Matisse Seibel vlogs in the bubble. But, you know, Jimmy Butler is definitely plays really well come playoff time. He's definitely the driving force in the Sixers, almost beating the Raptors last year. So, I got Heat okay. seven. I have a question for All you, right, Sean. If this happens and the 76ers go out in seven to a young team like the Heat, do you believe they blow up their Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid core? I honestly do. I mean, I don't think how many take, how many, I will wonder how many takers are they're going to be. I think they're going to mold trade offers. I don't see them saying, oh, here you go. Here's Ben Simmons. You can have him for free. Because I don't think that I don't think Philadelphia fans would could even bear another uh, you know tanking run, especially after only a couple years. But I could see them saying, okay, we need to find a new number two for Embiid, especially since he's the star. I build around Embiid over Ben Simmons, even though Simmons is younger. I think Embiid's a, a franchise player, while Ben Simmons is kind of a perennial number two guy. Um, so I could see them going around and saying, okay, who are we gonna take? Maybe they can get AD in free agency, have a great front court. I mean, just imagine that front court: Tobias Harris. Uh, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, but I just don't see Ben Simmons being in their future if something bad happens. I'd say hashtag build with Ben if this happens. I, I mean, that's not crazy. I just think, I just don't see Ben Simmons being a number one player for our championship team. All right, but next up, I have the second round, yeah. Bucks versus Heat. This is going to be a great play. I think it's going to be a great series. Um, if I have Bucks in six, Giannis isn't going to go down in the second round this year. Um, and even though Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and the company, they're going to put up a fight. They're not beating Giannis. You know, this team's really good. Chris Middleton. Corner Bleacher for a top 10 player in the league. But, uh, you know, he's definitely... <laughs> he lives up to his expectations after his first All-Star campaign. But, you know, they're a, they have a really great starting line. They're a really great all-round scoring team. They're a great defensive team. And they're going right through the second round. Bucks and six. And I got Celtics for Raptors. I'm not that high on the Raptors come playoff time. I think they're going to hold on to the three seed. But I just don't think they have a number one guy. Pascal Siakam, to me, hasn't proven himself to be a number one guy yet. Um, can you change that? Absolutely. But they don't really have a main superstar, as the Celtics do, with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. So I have Celtics in six. I said five. I think it's going to be more like six. Um, and then finally, Eastern Conference Finals. I have the hottest take in in all the land. Celtics beat the Bucks in six. <laughs> it, it's crazy, I know, but Giannis doesn't. They, you know, the Celtics are. I think they match up better. Point guard, point guard. Uh, Kemba versus Bledsoe. Kemba's the better point guard. Shooting guard versus shooting guard. Bra- uh, Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton. In my opinion, I think they're equal. Giannis versus Tatum. I mean, Giannis versus uh, Gordon Hayward. He's playing more small forward. Giannis is better. Uh, Tatum versus what? Ursan Ilyasova? Who's their point? Who's their power forward during the season? Yeah, I'm Ursan. Yeah, Jason Tatum is way better. And then at center, I mean, yeah, Brooke Lopez. I mean, he's not really, not he's not really scaring many people. So the Celtics, I think Gian, I think they'll find a way to neutralize Giannis. I think this Robert Williams would be a big part. Of us. You know, he's not the best offensive guy, but they have their offensive pieces. If they were to start Robert Williams, I think he'd be able to lock down Giannis, and he possibly get the Celtics over the hump and into the finals. And a big question for me is if Ennis Cantor, remember, he doesn't do all well in the playoffs simply because when the playoffs happen, it's during Ramadan and he's, um, you know, he's a, he's Muslim. So he usually, he has to fast during the day. So it really, really struggles because he can't eat. Um, 
But now that he, you know, Ramadan's over and he'll be able to be at his full strength, this could be a big opportunity for him. So I have the Celtics in the finals. What are your predictions? All right. So for the West, the 1-8 matchup, I don't see anything really moving. So I kept Lakers versus Grizzlies. And I see Lakers in five. I don't see the the Grizzlies might take a game. I don't see them taking more than one game because of how inexperienced they are. Clippers versus Mavericks, I say Clippers in a solid five or six because of how solid they are defensively. And once the second that Luka starts heating up, they're putting Kawhi right on him and it's over for the rest of the series. Nuggets versus Rockets, I have Nuggets in a solid five, six games because of their center rotation and how they can easily out-rebound and slow the Rockets down because they don't have a tall enough player to stop Jokic. That makes sense. I would say the most, yeah, the most interesting series for me here would be the Jazz versus the Thunder. Yeah. Because of not how similar they are, but yeah, and I would say Jazz in a solid six, which leaves it as Jazz versus Nuggets. And I'm pretty sure they play in like the same area yeah, too. I think they're... And Lakers. That's two rivalry matchups right there. Wait, no, I messed it up. It would be because the Jazz and Thunder are four and five. It would be Lakers and Jazz oh. and Nuggets and Thunder. That's not as exciting. Yeah, but it does, it does set up for even better possible Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and I would say Lakers beat the Jazz in a solid five. No, a solid, yeah, a solid five, six games saying that AD can overpower Rudy Gobert and Clippers beat the Nuggets in five, six games also because of their defense. And I don't see the Nuggets being able to score on their defense or stopping them on the offensive end either, which leads up to Lakers versus Clippers. And as much as I'm rooting for LeBron to go to the finals, I say Clippers in seven games. I, I agree. With that. I guess he, I I almost agree with that perfectly. I think the one round one change. I think I think the I think the Thunder are gonna beat the Jazz. Thunder gelled really well this year, but uh, the Jazz not so much, especially in the later stages of the season. I can see the Thunder definitely making a run to the second round. But yeah, I think Lakers versus Clippers. Clippers are taking that. It's gonna be one of the best series I've seen in my lifetime during you know as a non-finals. It's gonna be really good. But um yeah, Celtics versus Clippers. I think that's gonna be crazy because. If I'm correct, Celtic versus Clippers during the season, both those games with the overtime, when they played their two games, yeah, right here, um, November, Clippers beat the Celtics by three in overtime, and then when the Celtics played the Clippers in February, the Celtics won in double overtime by eight. So that's only some crazy series. I remember... Oh, yeah, I remember Jason Tatum hit the uh, almost buzzer beater where he broke Paul George's ankles and he knocked him to the and not knocked him to the ground, hit, got him on the ground and he tied the game. Yeah. So that's going to be a great series. But, um, you know, I'm a Celtics fan. I'll admit it. My bias is going to end here. Clippers are winning the championship six games max. And then Kawhi's going to win his third finals MVP. 
I agree with that. Six games. It's going to be a very tiring series, though. So I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven. Yeah. I mean, I'd love that. But um, Celtics can win this series. I think it's big if Gordon Hayward is back by then. And if he, you know, adds a lot of scoring. Because the Clippers on their starting line have two main scores. Landry Shamit, three-ish. But Celtics have three automatic scores with Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. And then Gordon Hayward is a very clear fourth. So I think definitely gives them the edge starting-wise. I just think the Celtics rookies need to prove themselves. Guys like Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, they sh- they were disappointed this season. I know it hurt to watch Grant Williams shoot the basketball, the Celtics fan. He started the season 0 for 21 from three. But I think if they can, they need to they need to get their game together. I think they'll have time, three rounds right there to, to get ready and figure out what playoff basketball is like. And if they could turn out during the finals, it'll be a heck of a series. But for now, Clippers will win the championship. And I think... I think this solidifies Kawhi as, you know, in not the GOAT conversation, but one of the best uh, fours of all time conversation. Yeah, for for sure. And one player you were leaving out in your um, Celtics description was Marcus Smart, which adds a lot of versatility to that roster, how they could have a lineup of Kemba, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward, or Kemba... Jalen Brown and just leave out Gordon Hayward and switch him for Jalen Brown and how that roster could be very Yeah, he has a lot on the bench. I think he's one of the best six men in the league defensively. And I think, I think my opinion, I think he's all defensive first team. So I think he adds a lot defensively. But if he could turn it on offensively, then it's a different story. All right, so we have one more topic for you today. Um, and we got our awards predictions. So we're running out of time. So let's hit him real quick. My MVP of the year... Giannis Antetokounmpo. My finalists are, you know, LeBron, Luka, and Giannis. I think Giannis takes this one with relative ease. He was the best player in the league. For me, not. It wasn't even arguable. And he definitely proved himself. Rookie of the year. From, uh, some fans like to say Zion. For me, it's not close. It's Ja. He played the entire year. And he played at the level of, of Zion. Even though he didn't play with the same amount of pizzazz. He's still, you know, one, in my opinion, a top 10 point guard right now. And he, he's definitely deserving of rookie of the mm. year. Coach of the year, I have Eric Spolstra uh, for the Heat. He got them from a non-playoff team, and he got a te- very young team with rookies to the fourth seed, and even contend for a two or three seed. So he's got him up there with one of the best uh, teams in the East, and throughout his entire coaching career, he's been one of the best coaches in the league, and he proved it this year. For me, my most improved is Brandon Ingram. He went from a bench scorer for the Lakers to being a superstar and an all-star caliber player, which he was an all-star this year. And, you know, he's definitely very similar to almost like Kevin Durant type, but very skinny, great scorer, great shooter. So he's definitely the most improved. I think it's between him and Bam, but I think B.I. takes it. My defensive player of the year was Giannis. He played like a monster both sides of the ball. And that, I think his defense is what makes the difference between him getting, you know, MVP finalist and being an MVP over LeBron because of his defense. And finally, my sixth man of the year was Dennis Schroeder. He's always been one of the best uh, bench guys in the league. And with the Thunder, he was one of the difference makers in them making the playoffs. All right. I'm going to give mine. My MVP is the clear-cut winner, Giannis, leading this Bucks team to the best record in the league. I remember earlier in the season, people thought they'd break 70 wins. I don't think that's very that's likely at all, even if the season was to continue. Um, For Rookie of the Year, same with you, Job, because of what he was doing all season long. As a Warriors fan, I was hoping it would be Eric Paschkow, 
because of how he was playing early in the year. And he was number one in the rookie of the year race. He, he was good. But he fell off. Um, coach of the year, very different from yours. I have Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the Bucks, because of what the Bucks are doing this year and how different they are from last year. I give him that. Most improved, I give it to also Brandon Ingram. He, I agree with you with what you said, just to add on. He's also a pretty good facilitator. And on the Lakers last year, he got to run some point guard. And this year, he's turning more into a scorer, averaging more points. And yeah, I would say it would be between him and Bam, but I give it to him. Defensive player of the year, I gave it. It was in between Giannis, AD, and Gobert because of those Gobert jokes of how he shut down the whole league. <laughs> he really did for four months, man. He was the most dominant defender in the league. He really does deserve the defensive yeah. player of the year for that. But I'm going to give it to Anthony Davis because of. He's also a very solid perimeter defender as well as inside defender. He can block shots and keep up. He can keep up with some guards and, and keep up with boys. Um, and my sixth year, similar to years. Our lists were pretty similar. Yeah. Was Dennis Schroeder. He took a leap. He's playing way better than last year. He's, he's developed a three-point shot. And he... He's a player I think the Warriors should target this offseason. Yeah. He'd be a great uh, player off Steph Curry's load. Especially now that he's getting older. Yeah. Alright, so that that just about wraps it up for uh, today's show. Um, I'm Sean Harrington with the T2 Podcast. And uh, signing off, uh, this was the T2 Podcast. And uh, have a great day.